White Ice, uh, 2018, a year of questions and conversations on race with United Methodist clergy and laity focusing on the 50 years after merger and how it has affected African-American congregations and their communities. My name is Vincent Harris, your host for this podcast, and we will explore uh, over the year conversations on yesterday's perspective on race, today's context of race in uh, United Methodist churches, and also visions for tomorrow. We will have guests from all walks of life, and we uh, hope that you will be able to join us in these conversations. Welcome. Today we have um, a guest from North Carolina, Charlie Rivens, who is a pastor, and he is uh, here uh, sharing with us today on uh, White Ice. Uh, we're going to talk about race again. Uh, one of the uh, statements that was made uh, by United Methodist years ago was that racism is the church's unfinished business, and we're still trying to figure out what that means. Um, the obvious question first, uh, Charles, is that do you uh, believe that racism is still the most challenging issue for church and society today? I wouldn't say it's the most, but I, I feel that race is probably the second biggest problem that we're facing. Okay, okay. Um, in this denomination, we have been, uh, since merger, it's been 50 years since merger. Uh, so what would you give on a scale of 1 to 10 the grade for United Methodists in dealing with the issue of race? Six and a half. Six and a half. Okay, okay. I really don't think we've dealt with it. Okay. okay. I think we've buried it under the carpet and pretend like it's gone away. Okay, okay. Is there, is there some specific place that you think um, would have been an opportunity to deal with it, or is that it's just kind of a general statement that, 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 that we haven't dealt with? Well, we haven't dealt with it when it comes to making appointments. We all go to the same seminary. We, we are graded out the same uh, with, with the classes at seminary. We all have different gifts and talents. But uh, in Western North Carolina Conference, there's a $20,000 average difference between black clergy salary and white clergy salary. So you, you explain that to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that's a difference. Um, the merger happened in 68, and we've, we're here now in 2018. Do you think that merger has either um, has it hindered or has it, has it helped? us uh, to, to, to really reach our potential. Well, if you're talking about pre-1968, I was living then, but I really wasn't paying the church much attention. But if I look at my CME, AME, AME Zion brothers, and I look at their struggles, and I look at the, the struggles that we have in the black church, uh, I, I can't say that it's, it's worse. I, I just think it could have been approached a lot differently if we're going to be united Methodists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're united. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, most of our churches that, that you know of, I don't know about North Carolina, but, but, but where I live are in decline, that they're in decline or closing or are closed. Uh, you know, this, this period of, of 50 years has really been uh, a challenge. Do, do you think that there's any place that we could um, uh, turn the tide? Do you feel there's a, 
there's, a, there's an option for us at this point or for, for churches in your annual conference? Absolutely. I, I mean, first and foremost, we need to redefine and rebrand who we are. I'm, okay. I'm not sure we know who we are when we look at Wesleyan theology and then look at the theology being preached today. Okay. Uh, that's confusing. And then we're not training and developing our black and brown churches the same as we are doing with the uh, white churches. If you look at the money's been spent in grants and development, uh, it's really to train the, the white church, but not the black and brown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we, we are in a place that, that needs to, 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 to recognize that, that these, are, these are critical issues for, for, for growth, because that's what we're always hearing about is growth and, and making sure that we, we have a, a movement forward. Uh, is there any place that you can think of where we have gotten in our own way as African Americans in the, in the church? Uh, yeah, there's some areas. Uh, we're still divided. And so anytime you're divided, you're easily conquered. And, and the second part is we don't trust one another. We've allowed the world to tell us that we need to continue to copy the, the mythology of the crab syndrome mm-hmm. instead of doing like other races and coming together. Mm-hmm. When black people start spending at least one percent of their money back in their own neighborhoods then people will pay us attention yeah the uh, we're relevant yeah the, the churches you know that that are in our neighborhoods now are surrounded by people who don't look like us many of us and so many of those churches that used to be in communities that look like us aren't there anymore and so how do we how do we move into that kind of place of of, of some cooperative uh, and collaborative work economically uh, and, and building community in a way that uh, would be helpful to the group rather than, uh, as you said, you know, if someone kind of rises up, you're, you're pulling them down. So what, what are some places or some things that you would maybe suggest that we could look at uh, in trying to, to, to make that, try, trying to get out of our own way? Well, when you start looking at demographics in different areas, you will see right now in most major cities that the blacks and browns give us the greatest potential of growth, but we're declining. Mm-hmm. We will move out of an area that is being consumed with black and brown, and we will sell that property instead of redevelop that property for those demographics. That's mm-hmm. one way. The other thing, again, is, is rebranding yourself. We have a bad brand because we have practiced separatism too long. Now it's time to try to practice uniting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the separatism is, I think, is why the question still remains that we've, we've got unfinished business is that uh, 11 o'clock, uh, as, as someone has said, I don't know if it's Dr. King or before him, is the most segregated hour of the day. Uh, and so we still have to deal with that plus how we work into context with, with community. Um, black Methodists uh, are, are, have always been a part of uh, the movement, the struggle, the civil rights movement. Uh, do you think that there's a, an opportunity or a chance that we could have something similar to uh, the energy we got during those days to help in motivating and, and, and moving us forward today? Is there some kind of mechanism you know, that, that would help us do that today? If you're speaking of the history black uh, Methodists, white Methodists have had with social justice, mm-hmm. then yes, we, we, we need to be at the table and continue to be at the table. But today we've become so politically correct that we're not basing things on the 66 books of the Protestant Bible. Mm-hmm. We're basing it on theory and, and, and interjecting things that's politically correct. Mm-hmm. We are a Protestant church 
with Protestant values, with 25 articles of religion set up by the United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. And that's who we need to remain. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, th- that, that has a, a, a great value, I think, in, in how we continue uh, as, as black Methodists. And, and, and that kind of leads me into this other question about how uh, with BMCR, what are some of the things that you've seen? I don't know what your history is or how you've uh, uh, worked with the organization, but uh, what plans do you know of that BMCR has to help, you know, kind of bridge and transition us as we as we are in this place uh, as a, as a, as a race number one and in this place as a denomination number two that we don't have these these uh, better relationships that our relationships still aren't where they should be racially. Well, the reason I sacrificed my time to come here to better understand the role BMCR have and plan to have with the separatism of, of races in the church, and, 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 I, and I feel that, that what I'm, I'm seeing and, and realizing here, it may be much better than I anticipated, mm. honestly. Okay. And then uh, I look at my, my, my conference BMCR, they're still wrestling with pre-1968 issues when we have 2018 issues that needs to be addressed, not tomorrow, right now. Mm-hmm. We need to deal with fairness right now. Mm-hmm. We need to learn that Christ has, has a kingdom for all people right now. Mm-hmm. So it's not a black thing, a white thing, a brown thing. It's a God thing. And when we make it a God thing, I think we can make a difference. Um. The, uh, the church is, is facing some critical issues, the general church, uh, in, the, in the next few months, actually. And um, one of those issues, in fact, the main issue is, is dealing with uh, human sexuality. Um, how do you think that's impacted the black church, if any? I think that I was in a city for 11 years, and then now I'm in a rural setting. And, and I believe in the rural setting, it has impacted the white church more than the black church, number one. Number two, um, I don't don't think we've dealt with scripture enough to make a decision. I think we are still playing politics instead of looking at the Protestant Bible and and exegeting scripture properly and coming up with what is and what is not sin. We're still debating over what what is and what is not sin, but we're ready to make a decision. I I think we're putting the cart before the horse. Okay, okay. The, the, the issues that, that a lot of us have, uh, me in particular, uh, with generational pieces, you know, you have children that are in one generation, you have grandchildren who are in another, you have parents who are in another. As you look at your place, you know, in, in, this, in this world, especially generationally, how, how could you help people in your own generation uh, become more authentic in their, in their relationships as it relates to race? Well, first, um, we need to be authentic ourselves. We, we, we need to have honest conversations. My sons, we are, we're in different places, and we have honest conversation. I respect them. They respect me. But more importantly, when their friends are around, we can still have the same conversation. And, and it's not about condemning or, 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 or being afraid to speak. I never raised my boys to be that way. Mm-hmm. But we can have this. On, if we do this with the rest of the people, maybe we will learn something. Mm-hmm. Maybe we will grow to a better place. Wow. Uh, well, Charlie, I tell you, um, I appreciate you, you sharing with me today and, and, and being on, on the program. Is there, is there anything you would like to share um, before, we, before we close today? Uh, I guess my frustration with the church is 
Why are we calling ourselves united in a society when you can go in most social groups in the country, blacks, browns, whites, party, celebrate, do everything together except worship. But we call ourselves united. We're supposedly the trendsetters, and we are still practicing separatism. Instead of opening a church, we'll open a black church, a brown church, a white church. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just open a United Methodist yeah. Church and love people? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. That's a great statement, man. I, I appreciate that. And um, appreciate you coming out, man, and, and hanging out with me because uh, this is a good thing. It's a real good thing. We're going to talk to you at another point in time. And thank you for uh, being a part of the podcast today. Thank you. Have a good